0: A.G. Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to
1: anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the TFS Pod 122. It's May 1st, 2023. Three days away from the big guy next to me's 50th birthday, so be sure to give him a birthday shout-out here this week. Halfway to 100. Getting old. One step closer to the senior discount. ARP member, baby. Yep. Uh, But nonetheless... Senior tees, too. Yeah. yeah. You're going to start playing the women's tees also. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, interesting time in sports. Um, Draft's over, so we won't have football until August with um, uh, the preseason. Um, And then NBA, we actually did watch a little bit of the NBA games yesterday. We watched a little bit of the the Knicks and Heat, surprisingly, because... It's not the Lakers or some bull crap. And then watch Game 7 of the um, Warriors and Kings. Interesting games there. Um, golf, uh, we're two weeks away from uh, the PGA. It's coming up. Uh, can't wait for that. Um, NHL playoffs, um, hot and heavy. And we're going to jump into the podium. I'm talking about that NHL playoffs. We were watching the, We were watching TV last night. I look at my phone and say, someone just said Florida Panthers. And I'm like, what the heck? So I turn it on. We turn it on as time's expiring in the Panthers Bruins game to go into overtime, game seven, series tied, Boston Bruins, best record in NHL history, won the President's Cup. Um, That's what it's called, right? Yep. Um, on like 65 more points or something than, like that than the Panthers. The Panthers win this game in overtime come back from a 3-1 series deficit and win. Uh, The intensity in these I've watched other games um, in these playoffs, the intensity is unmatched, unrivaled to any other uh, aside from maybe NFL um, is close, but I I don't think it is close. I think NHL is bar none the best. We've talked about that before, but I just wanted to reiterate it because it was phenomenal. Um, It's competitive. Every little thing matters. You can't screw up because if you screw up, well you're going to lose. And it makes it great. Um, I hope the Red Wings get back to it um, in time so we can root for them and bring Detroit back to the playoffs because we haven't been the the longest streak of a um, city without going to a playoffs. I think it's been since 2018 when the Pistons made it. That was the last sports team we had in the playoffs. So it's been a while. Maybe the Lions can um, break that next year, which we'll talk about later. Um, But yeah, hockey playoffs are second
0: to none yeah that's not my podium but I've got to agree with that I you know I I don't watch hockey all the time I think the NHL has screwed itself in a lot of ways uh, with some of their off-ice behaviors that translated it into you know news stories that were ridiculous but they don't realize the product that they have Um, especially when it comes to playoff time. I'm sorry. The NFL is great. I'm sorry. March Madness is amazing. It's incredible. It's wonderful. There is nothing like a Game 7 overtime in a series. It's sudden death. There's there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. Not even in baseball is it quite like it. And baseball playoffs are pretty exciting that way too because it can come down to that. But like Ryan said, every bounce, every mishandle, every... High stick, every, everything is scrutinized, and kudos to the Panthers, who were, I think they finished 43 points behind themselves so it was like a record between a first and an eighth seed, and um, down 3-1, switched goalies to their backup, I believe, and then won that series uh, in the style that they did, just stunned Boston with an amazing regular season, and just that's, that's what makes the NHL playoffs so special, even if you're not a huge hockey fan all the time. They just got to get their other poop in a group with the rest of their stuff, and maybe they can regain back some fans. All right, my podium, and I got a little bit more, I guess, voice this week. Um, in general, since last week, I got to sit by and watch Ryan and Riley do a fantastic job, as they always do with the, with the draft. Before we get rid of football too much, we'll talk a little bit of the draft. Yesterday was kind of a stunner day for Michigan State fans. Uh, Peyton Thorne, who we've all kind of been like, eh, I don't know, is he the guy? Well, it doesn't matter if he's the guy anymore because if you haven't heard the news, your head's in the sand. He's in the transfer portal. And, oh, by the way, so is Keon Coleman, who, you know, was poised to have an amazing season for Michigan State this year. Freak of an athlete. Uh, All signs pointed to him being the next Jaden Reed, a.k.a., you know, first or second round draft choice. He's in the transfer portal and rumors because he doesn't like Thorne. Uh, maybe that'll take care of itself. Maybe it won't. We'll get to that in a second. And then the day gets capped off yesterday with Chuck Brantley, uh, starting corner, who made the great interception against Michigan a couple years ago, right? That was mm-hmm. my yeah, yeah, Um He entered the portal as well. So three starters in the portal. That's 21 guys since last season, which is not a lot compared to, say, a Colorado with 67 guys. This podium is not as much about Michigan State, although I will say this. To anybody who's writing that Tucker should be fired, anybody who's the sky is falling, this is all Tucker's fault, I'm telling you, it's not. It is the NCAA's fault. They waited too long to make a decision on NIL. The NIL got out of control, and now you have basically legal boosterism. All the stuff that put programs like SMU in the death penalty in the 80s is completely out front and out in the open and legal. We're talking about guys like Keon Coleman having offers before he was even in the portal. That's tampering. That's illegal. That's using boosters in an improper way. Uh, it sounds like Thorne wasn't tampered with Auburn and Northwestern are close for him. I say good luck to Thorne. I think Michigan well, State's... Well, I,
1: I heard this that it was that he was. Went to Tucker and Tucker's like, Yeah, you're it's a quarterback battle, like, you're not guaranteed to start. And he booked because he didn't want to have to. Well, and and so to
0: Tucker's point, that's how he is with every position all the time. Completely, you need to continually complete, prove complete yourself, and if you can't, you're not going to play. And if you're going to bolt because the NCAA makes it so easy for you to transfer or to take money from elsewhere, I think Coleman was probably is probably people tampering. Look at the schools that are after him. That's that's people with more money. Well, Michigan State's got guys with a lot of money, but that's that's programs with a lot of money that want to put you out there. In Coleman's mind, he's like, look, I can get a free transfer. I can go play maybe with a Caleb Williams. I don't know who LSU's quarterback. I can go back home it to is. LSU, um, and I can, I can be a first-round draft choice in the NFL. Maybe, but... Why is it so easy for a guy to do to do that? It's the end of the semester. You just went through spring practice. You're completely letting all your teammates down. Uh, and then Brantley, first offer I heard he got was from Dion, who, oh, by the way, shipped 67 people to the portal out of Colorado alone, so whatever. Here's my point, and I've said this before on the podcast. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You don't want to be on Michigan State? GTFO. I don't want you on Michigan State. I don't care if you are all 22 starters and you're going to make Michigan State the number one team in the Big Ten. You don't want to be in green and white. I don't. The F wants you on my team. Um, and I know that's hard for people to take. And that sounds old-fashioned because it's it's more of the Tom Izzo approach to I don't care. I hate NIL. I don't like the transfer portal. But I don't. And the solution for the transfer portal is simple. You let guys after their freshman year leave one time. Free accord, Because it's a big decision. And you can make a wrong decision. Or... If a guy, if a coach leaves a program, you can get a free transfer. Otherwise, you sit out. That will solve the transfer epidemic, first and foremost. The second one will be figure something out with NIL. You got you you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, but you need to get rid of NIL as it is, and you just need to get into some sort of a profit sharing. Um, you want to give guys a little bit more money because their jerseys are garnering the sales. I got no problem with that. Profit sharing, fine, but that's different than. Just flat out giving recruits money or giving people money to jump programs or whatever. The two, hand in hand, have effed college football for what it is. And they've made it a one-year sport. You don't have guys that you watch develop in a program anymore. You don't. Um, and it's, it's sick and it's wrong and it's ridiculous. And does it hurt Michigan State if, if all three of those guys are gone? Yep. But you know what? Good riddance. I want guys that want to play for Tucker. I want guys that want to play for Michigan State. I love that guys took to Twitter last night and were like, just settle down. We got this. That's right, because those who stay will become champions. Those who want to work their butt off to get the position are going to get so much further in life than these flash-in-the-pan guys. I'd be willing to guess that, okay, maybe a Keon Coleman is going to end up being something in the NFL because he's a freak of an athlete. (laughs) more or less would guess that Brantley and Thorne will wash off into the into the stratosphere of Thorne was once that guy who had a great running back behind him, and Brantley was once that guy that made a great interception to seal a Michigan game, and that's it. My guess is those guys flush out like the rest of the people in the portal that flush out and go nowhere yeah. because they're greedy and they go for one thing. So I say to Michigan State fans who are panicking, just shut up, relax, cool it, you're part of the problem. I want guys who want to play for Michigan State. And if that means D'Antonio-type guys, three-star type of guys that, that are willing to earn it instead of give it, have it handed to them, so be it. Because we had some pretty damn good
1: years when it was like that. I agree. Could not agree more. Um, and what name a Michigan State transfer that transferred and was really good somewhere else? I I can't.
0: Can't. Nobody. You In fact, can't. the best transfer Michigan State had was somebody that came back, and that was Connor Hayward. Yeah. Because he switched positions, and you know, between the coaching shift, and it boded well for him. He's playing for the Steelers, so, yeah. um, you know, will will all those guys probably end up at a high level program? Yep, you know, now Michigan State's losing more talented guys as are every other program. So don't tell me it's an only Michigan State thing. But Ryan, you're exactly right. If you get that discontent about something. What are you going to amount to in a relationship? What are you going to amount to in a job? And yeah, okay, that sounds old from the almost 50-year-old in the building. But these are life things. These guys are making decisions on the moment, not their future, not their life, not what's best for them. And you know what? If I'm Tucker or if I'm one of his assistant coaches or I'm other coaches that are kind of like, eh, screw you to the portal, I'm like, see ya, get out. Because if you don't want to earn it, you don't deserve a spot in my program because my program is all about Putting the best players on the field because they earned it. I don't care how many stars are behind your name. I don't care who you think you are. You're either with the team or you're not. And each of these three guys
1: are not clearly Michigan State Spartans. Couldn't agree more. Um, all right, moving on to uh tee up of the week. This is, I saw this on, it came up on Twitter and I was kind of appalled by this. So during the Knicks' um, Heat game yesterday, during the, you know, going to timeout, Um, coming back from town, you know, sometimes they show the city, you know, the skyline. They have some stock video that ESPN put on there with the Twin Towers in it. Twin Towers went down 20, almost 22 years ago. What are you doing? How tone deaf are you that you're putting this in there? Uh, Like, uh, ESPN's gone downhill. Nobody cares about the NBA. Nobody
0: cares about ESPN. ESPN's gone
1: downhill like I, I used to love when I was a kid. In the last six or seven years, it has gone down the toilet. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Um, these are these are the same. It's the same network
0: that leads, you know, fires everybody for so-called being a racist, and then they lead their lead headline as three black quarterbacks selected in the top five. How is that not racist? Why isn't it about just the best quarterbacks being drafted, regardless of color? I mean, total. They're just idiots, and I'm so glad the Big Ten is done with mm-hmm. the ESPN. I'm so glad the
1: Big Ten is done with ESPN. So glad. Um, all right. That's enough of that stuff. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, <laughs> par 3 is back um, for its third rendition. Um, all right. We'll start with a little draft review um, for those keeping score at home. Um, the Lions got eight new guys, I believe. Um Like it. We'll we'll just kind of browse through, I guess, the first round. Talk about maybe some big picks, some surprises whatnot. First two picks, not a surprise for me. Um, Loved what the Texans did and traded up to get Will Anderson in the first round. I thought that was brilliant. They got their defensive and offensive cornerstones of the future. Um, Good on them. Colts went Richardson like I thought that they would. Um, He's very, very, his upside's very good. A lot better than Will Levis who fell Pretty far, and they kept showing them on ESPN, and ESPN was getting made fun of because they kept saying, "Here's a 0.1 chance of falling this far." And then Mel Kuiper is like, "He's the best prospect in this draft." Yeah, bullcrap. Mel, get a new job, retire. You old, get that toop off your head. <clears throat> it's messing with your brain. You're an idiot. Um, crazy. Um, But they kept showing him, and then he finally got drafted. All's good. To Tennessee, nonetheless. They had three quarterbacks now, and they just drafted one last year. Don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, Sounds like turmoil in Mm -hmm. Nashville. Um, Seahawks getting Witherspoon at five was pretty interesting, I thought. That's who the Lions really wanted at six, I know. Um, The Seahawks won with him, and... Kind of made a surprise move there. And lines traded down, which I was very happy with. With uh, Arizona, um, Bijan going eight. I that's that's high for a running back. Highest in Saquon went three in 2017, I believe, or 2018, whenever mm-hmm. that was. Um, Carter fell to nine. That Philadelphia is now Athens North. Their whole team is basically Georgia. <laughs> um, crazy. Pretty crazy. Um, Lions getting Jameer Gibbs um, at 12. Very interesting pick. I kind of really like it. Um, Jameer Gibbs um, running back from Alabama. Started Georgia Tech. Best pass catching running back since Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. He's comp to them. He's fast. um, Puts his foot in the ground and goes. Um, Great pass catcher like I just said. Um, Very very quick. Um, Elusive. He's and he's powerful. Um, he's going to be a tough player for the Lions. Brings a new element to that offense um, that I am very excited to see. Um, I love it. People
0: are upset because you know why Is draft that, him when you have well, Swift. It's no, your draft
1: value. You know draft value. Well, you draft him. The Swift wants to wants to leave. Good, flip him, trade him. Get he gets hurt all the time anyway. Least. He
0: doesn't have the. He doesn't have kind of the right mindset and the attitude. There's a reason why. Um, you know what's the, the Jamal. Running, Jamal was was basically the cornerstone of that. And now you got David Montgomery, and then you've got Jim Gibbs. Gibbs. Gibbs tra- and then change of, and then change of pace. picking up
1: Mo Ibrahim undrafted. Um, pretty good move by Detroit there. Mm-hmm. Um, then the, you at eighteen you get Jack Campbell, which I thought was interesting as well. Linebacker in the first round, linebacker, running back. Jack Campbell's the best linebacker in this draft. He's fast. He's six foot five, two forty. Played for a really good defensive system. Um, sideline to sideline guy. He's a guy that if he's, he could be a cornerstone of your defense for the next ten years, um, in the middle of that, and the Lions needed that because they just The mindset too struggled. And his last name's Campbell. Dan's illegitimate son. Interesting. Um, Seattle again. They had he's interesting draft. They got JSN at twenty. Now they have three great receivers for. Uh, Gino building around him Quentin Johnson, at 21 the run on receivers there in the middle was pretty good Vikings getting Addison was interesting I thought they needed defensive help obviously not
0: a lot of people had him taking Hooker in the first
1: round too yeah Mozzie Smith uh, is going to Dallas He's going not like that because of the open carry concept down there um, right in. fit right in uh, Nolan Smith fell to 30 at the Eagles I thought that's cool that he gets to play for Philly um Second round, the Lions got LaPorta. I like that pick. He's a nice tight end, likes to block. Uh, He's pretty fast, physical. Um, Could be a good one um, for Detroit. Um, What else is interesting? Brian Branch, steal at 45. I thought he was going to be a top 10 pick. He had first-round grades all over the board, and the Lions got him there. That's pretty damn impressive. He's a guy that, I mean, you don't have to start him right away next year, but you can play him a lot let him learn behind some good vets. Um, I think that was a, a great, great pick. Jaden Reed, 50th overall to the Packers. Um, wow, I'm happy for JR. Um, good for him. Um, that's good for Michigan State, especially to say to receivers that this, this guy was a two-star recruit transferred into Michigan State, had to sit a year, and then he's playing in the NFL um, for the Packers. Middle of the second-run pick, um, and he's not like he's some – Huge guy that has, like, you know, these huge mes- great measurables. I mean, a decent 40 time, but he's six feet tall, maybe, on a good day. Um, so that was great um, for for him and for Michigan State. Um, no other real surprises in the second round. Um, uh, kind of
0: odd to me that the Seahawks took Zach Charbonnet. Well, they took Charbonnet. Well, he's a good running back. Yeah. But I guess, you know, any more with injuries and stuff in a 17-game season, you want kind of a one-two punch, and he's not as much of a speed guy as... K90 he's more of a power guy, so that's probably a good compliment there.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that the Lions took Hendon Hooker. At, also a guy, probably, if, a if, he if he doesn't tear his ACL, as a first-round pick. Um,
0: and he can sit for a year, in a, you know, if the Lions have a really bit. good season, and, and I don't know what the contract situation is, but even two that years.
1: off, yeah. But. You know,
0: uh, if it's two years, fine. While well, he gets healthy and, and learns the system and then is your next quarterback. Totally fine.
1: Yeah i I completely agree. Um, those are some good day two picks there. Um, day three, a lot of quarterbacks actually. When there's, I mean, also Jake Moody going ninety nine highest drafted kicker since Roberto Aguayo in twenty sixteen. He was a bust and he's horrible. But uh, Moody last really high good. drafted kicker was no shocker. The uh, Raiders
0: drafted. Sebastian Janikowski in like the third round mm-hmm. he was actually was a long time long time kicker he yep. is a good kicker um very good and Fulk's gotta be done right I mean by now cause didn't it was he, gold in,
1: in San Francisco oh he went to San
0: Francisco yep. I was, I'm thinking of because uh the Patriots drafted a kicker, too. That's right. And yes. drafted Michigan State's punter, who was yep, called a generational heck, punter. Heck yeah, so yeah. Chuck um,
1: Sizzle got drafted from Purdue. That's cool. Stetson Bennett, fourth-round pick. Really? I don't know about A guy that, that no, but none of us thought would get drafted
0: from Michigan State at mere speed gets drafted yes. in the last round. He's going you know. to
1: be a special team stalwart for the Patriots. I mean, that he can just make a living off of it. Because he's pretty fast, straight line. <laughs> right. Um yeah, awesome. Um, any, th- any other? Sean Clifford getting drafted was interesting. He kind of blows. I don't know how he got picked, but
0: yeah, just looking through Fox's, like I'll tell you the teams that they gave a or, a minus or better grades to the Cardinals for their draft. I don't know if you want to weigh in on any of, of the yeah, I, I think the they Bears they right. gave an A minus to. Nah, I don't
1: think the Bears had a grade. Uh,
0: this is just one person's opinion. Obviously, they give Lions a B plus for what it's worth. Uh, the yeah. Texans they only gave a B plus, which is interesting. The Colts they gave an A minus. They took a little bit of a risk on their their quarterback based on the premise that he could be like um, Hertz. That's a little bit of a stretch, but maybe not. Um, let's see here. Who else did they give a high grade to? They gave nothing really below a C minus. I, thing I, I find
1: this one funny. How people were saying all the Michigan media was saying how. Mike Morris is going to be a first-round pick. You know, he's, he's going to continue the streak. It was actually Mozzie that continued their first-round streak. And Mike Morris did not go until pick 151 in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Giants
0: were an A-minus. They filled some needs. The Eagles were an A-plus. Ryan touched on that a little bit. It's hard to argue with that. Um, you know, teams like... Tennessee Titans C+. Plus. I mean, there were a few. C- minus was the lowest grade. Nobody completely flubbed Well, the it. Titans
1: got a low grade because they drafted all offense. They didn't do any defense. Out. And the Seahawks, you know this, they obviously got Sharvin and they have Kenneth um, on their roster. And then they drafted Kenny McIntosh running back from Georgia in the seventh round. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there. I don't understand that. And then I think they had another rookie last year. Yeah, that's kind of I don't really understand what they're doing up there, but... Probably I smoking, guess taking
0: best best available. Smoking all know. too
1: much grass. Um, yeah, all in all, Lions. I thought had a nice draft. Philton was also got Broderick Martin in the third round. He's a 6'5", 330 defensive tackle nose guard kind of thing kind of guy. He could be a nice player um, rotational then an offensive lineman and a receiver from uh, North Carolina. So I think the Lions have a chance to be really good. Filled some holes. I think they could. Maybe use like a veteran D end um, to for free agency just for some depth. But all in all, I think the to roll um, should be the favorite no matter what in the NFC North. Um, they, have, I mean, aside from I'd say Goff and Cousins are pretty similar quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lions are probably the best roster top to bottom in the in the NFC North and probably honestly enough to get a top three seed in the NFC um, for being honest with you. the AFC is a lot better I think um, but we'll see um, only time will tell hopefully Lions will stay healthy this summer and into training camp that'd be pretty awesome you um, can have a great season I think their schedule should come out here in the next couple of weeks so it'll be interesting to see that um, and what they will project um, yeah exciting times coming for Detroit I never thought we'd say that but um, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell doing a really nice job. Um, been happy with them. Absolutely. Hopefully it carries Absolutely. through. Hopefully it carries Absolutely.
0: through. Absolutely. All right, moving on to uh, the second shot in the par three. We're going to go back to a uh, bracket contest. This was an idea Ryan, this was seen on Twitter or something, borrowed. So we put our, I put our own spin on it because I always do the research on this. So we're going to go with a bracket of the best Movie and or TV sports coaches. So first in the football bracket, we have Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights, a fantastic TV show. Ryan, I know you didn't watch it. We need to watch it back. I've it's seen some. Of it. It's a really good show. Again, and you maybe you've never seen this movie, uh, but number four, see Jimmy McGinty. Uh, Gene Hackman played him in The Replacements. That starred Keanu Reeves is about a replacement. Uh, A a team of scabs, basically, that played while the, quote, NFL was on strike. So you got number one, Eric Taylor, against number four, Jimmy McGinty.
1: Uh, Let's go with Taylor.
0: Yeah, I got to go with Coach Taylor, too. Great, Again, great show. If you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and watch it. Really good show. Uh, Furthering down in that bracket, the number two seed, Danny O'Shea, against the number three seed, Mr. Klein.
1: Uh, Danny O'Shea, underdog story, of course. Little
0: Giants fame, Mr. Coach Kline. Mr.
1: Coach Klein, he, he's got a nice... Water his, boy of his, course. Pink playbook or whatever. The, the, the green... The, uh, whatever. Yeah, the notebook.
0: Mr. Coach Boy, stole. still... Yeah. A couple of classic movies, all right. So you got got uh, Eric Taylor against Danny, Danny O'Shea. Danny, and but
1: you left... That probably was tough because it was four, but you left out uh, Herman...
0: Coach Boom. But he's not a he's not fictional. He's real. These True. are f- these are fictional coaches. Yeah. So yes, you're right. I left out coaches. That's a whole other ball game. Is like real coaches like Herb Brooks, Bud or Kilmer. All right. So you're going. Yeah, I could have gone with Bud Kilmer. He was a he was just missed the cut. So you uh, you cut you took Danny O'Shea. I'm going to take yep. Eric Taylor. Although it, you know, tough to argue with Danny O'Shea. All right. Moving on to the basketball bracket. So we got football against basketballs, and then the in the final four. You got number one seed Norman Dale against number four seed from an underrated basketball movie Rebound. Coach yeah. Ray McCormick.
1: Roy. It's Roy. Oh, you're going. Oh, Roy. That's right. Not Ray. Um, Roy. I'll go with Roy Norman. But um, Roy's a good coach too. He was coaching Ohio Poly, and then he got yeah. fired for, right for being too belligerent jersey and an a-hole. <laughs>
0: And then he brought it back with the seventh or eighth graders. The Smelters. The Smelters. Great freaking movie. Uh, Oh, shoot. What is that actor's name? Uh, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence, yeah. Ray, or Roy, not Ray. So that was my bad. Um, I'm going Normandale, too, but Roy was a good. And then in the number two spot, you got Coach Carter against Coach Pete Bell from. Oh,
1: Coach Pete Bell. You know, Uh, he's a good coach. From a
0: movie that was ahead of its time, Blue Chips. Um
1: great
0: film. I'm gonna go with Pete Bell too because I think that is a classic That's underrated movie. Jack
1: Penny movie. and you got bunch of other Normandale.
0: Guys. We both have Normandale against Pete Bell.
1: Uh, let's go with Norman. Yep, State and I'm gonna champ. go with
0: Normandale too. Hoosier's the greatest sports movie ever made. Alright. Moving on to the baseball bracket. These may be tougher for you because I don't know that you've seen as many baseball movies. But number one, Lou Brown from Major League against number four, Pop Fisher from The Natural. I've never, which seen is a really Natural, good movie. I'll
1: just go with the first one, Lou. You know who Lou Brown, isn't you? Yeah, I've seen Major League.
0: And then you got number two seed, Jimmy Dugan from um, A League of Their Own. It's Tom the Hanks. women's yep. And then you against now we'll call him more of a player coach, but more memorable as the coach of. The Durham Bulls, Crash Davis. Oh, even Crash though he Davis. Was a catcher. Let's go. Yeah, so you got and Crash, and then you got. And I I also took Lou, and then I'll take Crash Davis as well, and I'm going Crash Davis in the final. Yeah, final yeah. four. You two. Good movie. Great movie. I don't know why, but it, the other day was the first time I'd ever watched it. Mm-hmm. Bull Durham, good movie. All right, now you got the other, the hodgepodge bracket. You got number one seed Phil Weston. Against four seed player coach owner Jackie Moon.
1: Jackie R. Moon. Oh, that's tough because it's the same, Jackie, same guy, same character. Jackie Moon. He's the best top three entertainer slash coach in the in the ABA. He
0: really fought hard for the Flint Tropics to make it into the NBA.
1: And then got him a job in the NBA.
0: And just a classic movie, but two classic characters for Will Ferrell. Um, Kicking and screaming is hilarious as well.
1: Who is it? Oh, Buck Weston is dead. Buck
0: Weston, yep. Yeah, I could have done Buck Weston instead. I'm going to also go with the upset there and go Jackie Moon. And then you got the two-seed Patches (laughs) O'Houlihan against the three-seed Chubbs Peterson. Oh, Chubbs. You're going with Chubbs. Well, Apollo, also known as Apollo Creed. uh, Patches O'Houlihan is... Interesting character, a little abusive, threw wrenches at his players. Uh but he did get a a bunch of misfits to uh yeah. you know, to become dodgeball champions. So yeah, he died
1: I, by uh, having a sign fall on him uh, in Vegas. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Patches for myself. So you got uh Jackie R. Moon against uh Chubbs. Oh
1: Jackie all the way. Yeah,
0: and I got Jackie against uh Patches and I'm going Jackie as well. So, now we've got, let's see, you've got, uh, you have Danny O'Shea against Norman Dale. Norman. And then you have uh, Crash Davis against Jackie Moon. Uh,
1: Jackie.
0: And then you've got the basketball final, Norman I've got, Dale. I've got Norman. Norman Dale's the winner. And I've got Normandale against Eric Taylor. It's a tougher, tougher one than you think. But I'm going to go with Normandale. And then you've got I've got um, Crash Davis against Jackie Moon as well. I'm going to go uh, with Jackie Moon. So we have a similar final, and you can't beat Normandale. I mean, for people like Danny who've never seen Hoosiers, get off your ass and watch it. It's the greatest movie in the existence of the world for sports, especially as a college former college basketball player. Alright, so that was our fun one for this week. If anybody's got any uh, brackets or Mount Rushmore's or Canadian Mount Rushmore's that you want us to try to cover. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be pop culture. Totally fine. We're in kind of our silly season. Go for it. Uh, In the meantime, a quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at TeamAnders.com.
1: All right, third shot, Uh, golf.
0: Putting for par.
1: We're back. Uh, Well, we can, I guess, touch on the Mexico Open from last week. The big tone, Tony Finau, fourth win. Um, in the last seven or eight months, fifth overall, or I'm sorry, fifth in the last two years, um, he's playing great. Yeah. Um, I'm happy for Tony. Um, well, he played solid, shot, yeah, three, played solid yesterday. Three he shots 66. over Rom, um, mm-hmm. the best player in the world bar none right now, I would say. Um, Tony, he tears up these courses that are a little easier. Um, you know, he's won, he won, Mexico Open, he won at um, 3M in Minneapolis, and he won Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. Um, he's done well. I um, would say he could be a trendy pick for a major this year, um, but you never know in those. Um, but he, he's, he's done well for himself, um, but I'm happy that he, he's got that confidence now that he, he won the one event, saw one go in, and you know starts raining, um, raining dubs for Tony. He's a good guy family man he caddied three hours after he's done caddied for his kid playing on that course that's awesome um super cool um didn't really pay too close attention to the tournament um was there were a ton of big names in it rom and finau played well last year so they decided to come back um and rom was defending his title um what was the tournament although oh, we didn't really touch on from before the the zurich Zurich, um, Davis Riley and Nick Hardy won. Both got their Came first back. wins, yeah. Uh, that
0: was kind of cool. Um, That's always a fun one to watch. Yeah, just it with is the cool. Different they shattered shots. some records. Yeah,
1: yeah. Interesting course.
0: Uh, one thing f- that stuck out for me from this weekend, and we didn't watch it as much, but it, it did have some good names, and then this weekend's got a lot of good names in it.
1: It's Elevated.
0: Uh, el- yeah, it's Elevated was article on uh, I think Golf or Golf Digest, one of the two I get both every day. Um, Ram on, in the press conference, you know he was asked uh, this question, even as someone who's the number one golfer on the tour and has won so much how valuable is it to have this experience continually being in the hunt on Sunday like you were? Obviously he wasn't happy that he lost but um, felt like he played decent, shot a 67 but he still lost ground on on Fino. Um, and his answer, yeah, I mean, it's a great reminder that what you've done means absolutely nothing. You still have to go out there and do it. And then he added, it's also good so you don't think too much of yourself, right? Like, obviously, I want to win, but it's a reminder that everybody out here is a great player. And Tony came out with a two-shot lead and played fantastic golf. I feel like I've been, um, had I been able to pressure him a little more, maybe it would have been a little bit of a different story. He goes on, but basically that shows you what a competitor and what a great player Rom is because he is, he's in there. He's in contention. He's like Scheffler was for a long time last year, and yeah, Scheffler just, still is often. is like he's around, sniffing around the top and contending to win and just has such a, a winning but also like at the same time a humble attitude, maybe having a couple kids did that because, you know, he used to be kind of the volcano, right? Like he was the temperamental guy. People didn't really like him. I know, Ryan, you didn't even necessarily like him, but he's become likable with his approach. Um,
1: yeah, you know, I love Ron now. He's, he's great. He's, he's been great he's, for the game. He's
0: fun to watch. He's good, but he's not, he's not immune from making a mistake, so that makes him likable. He's not quite like Tiger was. Obviously, nobody's going to be like Tiger was, but I really enjoy watching him, and I like having him around the top. I mean, I, I think either had he won or with his last win... He's he's got as many. Oh, had he won, he would have beaten Sergio, who get, nobody gives a shit about him. But would have broken his record for Spanish um, players. But Rom's sure, got a long ways to go, and, and he's, he's, young he's guy. fun to watch. And it is like Ryan said, it's fun to watch. You there was there was a great coverage of him in the um, full swing documentary about you know how he is with his family and what it means to him. You know, he's got tons of kids. He's a Mormon. He's got like mommy, yep. you know like five or six kids or something six kids Um, you know so he's he's a fun a fun story Um, and it'll be fun this weekend going down to Quail Hollow the week you know one last warm up before the PGA because it is an elevated event and some guys like Rory that missed a few events in a row are back
1: yeah it's a it's a loaded field Wells Fargo last year was at uh, of course you played TBC Avenue Farms um, in Potomac Maryland Homa won it um by two shots in the year before when it was at uh, Quail. Um, Rory won. Um, JT's won there before. Um, it's going to be a fun one. That's a really awesome course um, in the Charlotte area. PGA's is going back there in 2025. Um, and it wasn't in the mix last year because of the President's Cup, right? Correct. Yeah, right. because they're getting it ready for the President's Cup. But yeah, fun course uh, for sure. Um, looking forward to it. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll do our picks because um, we did not last week. Um, we we made an amendment. Um, it's getting hard to pick. because otherwise we're just gonna pick. Like, I, I mean, yeah, he's all these guys are obviously phenomenal golfers, but I mean, is Tyson Alexander or Scott Piercy gonna you know, win tournaments? Most likely not, or even be in the top twenty in these tournaments? Most likely not. Um, so we're gonna. Amend it, um, and I'm going with the guy. I have not picked him since the century, which he hasn't had a great year. But he's won there before. He's comfortable. JT, I think he's due. He turned 30 the other day. He's get he, he's ready for it. And, and then, those round numbers. and my other guy, my dark horse, Wyndham Clark, um, Southern I think he's guy. He's played well there. He's played well in just general this la- this season. Um, I think he's in a he's gonna get have a breakthrough week. There's a lot of, but there's a, I mean, I was looking at the, um, at the, the field. I mean, it's pretty, pretty damn solid. Um, you can go ahead with your picks and we can kind of walk through some names that have been hot lately, I guess, in golf. Yeah. I'm
0: going to go with a couple guys that have been playing well for a while. Um, Fitzpatrick just about got the win a couple weeks ago after the Masters. Um, and you know, lost in the third playoff hole. Or no, he no, won. He, won. He, won. Yeah, he beat Spieth. Beat speeth. I was thinking he lost. But no, yeah, that's right. He hit that, that amazing shot on eighteen. So I'm going with Fitzpatrick, who I think City. has played pretty well here before. And then Jason Day, I think, has been playing well yeah. really since the match play and he's kind of slowly come back and round. He's played back well the last run. year. He was he's he a guy you back. want to see do well. I think he's a pretty he's a good dude. Um, and has been playing better, so it wouldn't surprise me mm-hmm. to, to see to see him kind of jump up this weekend as well. Yeah,
1: I agree. Well, a guy that is about to earn his cards—that guy that was in the mix last week—that Akshay Batia or whatever—he's yeah, been
0: pro since he was like eighteen.
1: Or yeah, something and he just like does, doesn't weighs about a dollar
0: ten. Yeah, he's probably because he just eats nothing left, but Indian he, food.
1: Keegan Bradley's been playing better um, this season. He's he's been pretty good. Burns after he had that snide last year, he had really good twenty twenty one. Last year He was not as good. He's been better. Um... See who else. Eric Cole, I like that guy. He played well. Um in Mexico. Again, he's he almost won the um the Honda. Um which is pretty cool. Um see who else. Damon, I feel bad for him. He's not very good. Um see who else we got. Harris English, glad to see him back in the mix. Um, Ricky, he's playing he's been a lot better as of late. He's his game's gotten better. Um Ryan Girard, I keep seeing that name up um, a lot lately. Ben Griffin, he's a young guy. He was it was an accountant, I think. I read something. That yeah, said he worked that. for a
0: mortgage company. Yeah, now that. he's he's
1: balling. He might have even been homeless for a while. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. Did you see that last week? Some guy played in the Corn Ferry Tour event. He was homeless. Mm. Homeless professional golfer. Yeah, pretty cool. A, a, Emiliano Grio that's a name that I think. He played well this in He's played well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been kind of solid um nicardi obviously just won um yeah those guys are are, are trending up sung jm he's due to win one eventually he's a, he's actually a really good player same with Tom Kim love his game he could he's a dark not even a dark horse. he could win this damn thing he should be a favorite because he played really well in the presence cup at quill Hollow um, last September um yeah, looking forward to the, to watching that this weekend. Beautiful course. And then one more tune up at the AT and T Byron Nelson. Um after that. And then we've got the PGA back in New uh back at Oak Hill for the first time since twenty thirteen. Um Jason Duffner defend, is defending his title there. <laughs> Good lord. Everybody do the Duffner. That was a thing back then. I can't remember what it was,
0: but he was it's like weird. taking a nap or I think, something. I think
1: like that. the second place guy was Kevin Chappell or something like that. If you remember yeah, that. I feel game. like the
0: PGA sometimes this just weird names. Name obviously, easiest won to win. It. I think. Memorably, JT won it last year. But yeah, it seems like it's the one that randos win. Even the one time when it was, you know, Bob May against Tiger. Like, who's yeah, that? Obviously, the big names win it, but feels like that's when your dark horse gets a little bit more of a chance. But.
1: Um, and we'll uh, and switching topics in golf, um, before f- this keeps my mind. We'll have a new course to review. Um, yeah, I don't think we've done reviews. We never did since the ravines because we played that. that was a COVID course probably post. during twenty twenty was the last time you played it, and I think that's probably the last time I played it because I don't think I did in twenty one. Um, so looking forward to playing that this Saturday. We can review that. What well, give, give you a little blow by blow of Arcadia again? Yeah, then the, the boys are weeks. going to Arcadia in a couple. Uh, Twelve days, cannot wait. Early tea time though. We have to get up
0: early, but yeah, be a little bit of a drive. But that's all, all right. worth it. Gets to enjoy the day. Hopefully, it'll be a warm one. It's all um, worth it. Slow play. I have an article from Chris from a while ago. Slow, p- slow play still top of mind. Uh, we'll yeah, see a lot how of it is. Stuff on that. It's been the last couple of weeks has been too crappy to play here in Michigan, which is what you get in April and yeah, early maybe. May. But hopefully, now we can get into a rhythm. We're coming up on playing. Uh, the like uh, Atlantic Dunes on our trip here in a couple weeks, so we got at least three really good courses to play in May, and then of course you know we're going to have to round out. We'll have the road time, there. you know, we'll have to play our usual May. One course, you know, of
1: course Falls of Barber Creek, Mines, right. Quail Ridge, maybe maybe Pilgrim's maybe Runs, you got to Cedar Chase, Diamond Springs, Diamond Springs. Mines, um, Thorn Apple, which I know you're not Baskatoon. a huge We already played college. Quail. we can play it again because it's not expensive. And um, you can bring your own beer. Yeah, that's, that's the truth, isn't it? Um, i trying to think, is there any other course that we, I mean, not going to play, never play Alpine again. <laughs> I, I won't set foot there. Um, what well, well, was
0: the course you played when I coached one round of uh freshman of golf? Race well, that no race well, that's yeah, that's becoming well, we
1: well we gotta play Saskatoon. Yeah, we gotta play Saskatoon. I I'd
0: like still I'd like to play the silver again. Yeah, I played the last I summer was gold a
1: lot better. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm sure we'll have some other fun ones in there as well. Um, Ryan's
0: taking lessons, he's trying to get back to beating the old man, but I'm not gonna let it happen.
1: Uh, nope, slowly roll there. Um are right, you got a slow play? No,
0: I just was saying it was still a bit. I mean, it's all the same type of stuff that we've been complaining about. So we kind of beat
1: the yeah. I mean, on that, I I read Golf Digest most days too, and I I see a lot of that. Um,
0: Did read an interesting piece in Golf Digest, the actual printed magazine, the other day about how there's a new component to the Gin, which is the Global Handicap Index Network, that. Helps find sandbaggers, which is That's really awesome. interesting. That's not so much for people like Ryan and I that bounce around and play different courses, but if you've ever been a member at a club, and you kind of suspect guys are sandbagging, whether it's in a member guest or in a member member or whatever, you know, there's tricky ways to do it and not make it so obvious. But there's a whole system, and I can't remember what it's called now at the top of my head. But this guy kind of developed that lets you. Be able to figure out when people are basically sandbagging, which I'm sure will be to the joy of anybody who's joined a a private club and knows a sandbagger because it happens. We used to have one. Uncle Tom and I had had one, and they were always in our flight for the member guest, and we would always lose because it would miraculously be like a 15 handicap that would shoot the 41, 42, and we'd end up losing, you know, in the final match to win the to win to go to the playoff because we'd lose that match because there was sandbagging going on. So, glad to know sandbagging is no longer as easy as it used to be. All
1: right. That's par 3 we'll do a sprint plus one. And now you got a question. Yeah, but i
0: got a plus one for you. Mine's more of an all-star. Mine's more of a trivia question. This is courtesy mm-hmm. of Chris. How many balls wind up in the pond at 17 at Sawgrass every year?
1: In the tournament, or just in no, general? No, in general for
0: for the season.
1: A Couple thousand,
0: probably. One hundred and twenty-five thousand. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I mean, There's nobody. Everybody like everybody hits dive until, down with a golf ball. That's one of those where the rule is we're hitting until we hit the green, and that's oh, what we're wow. counting. It's I, like
1: hey. I played the 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 uh, island unlimited green, mulligans. The island green at um what's it called? Um, in Lansing, Eagle Eye, and I hit the green, it hits about 12 feet.
0: I feel like I'm not putting scary, four or five curvy ones into the water, like I'm going to take my drop and and I'm just going to take my medicine and hope You have to take it, fourth.
1: you have to hit your drop over the water. Oh, that's too, true.
0: Though. Ah, that's true, so yeah, and I mean, uh, in tournament play, like w- with the Chris rule, we called it a circle six, which really, truly is, a, depending on what your handicap is, it's most people can take a max triple bogey. Sometimes it's double bogey. Um, but, like, if you're playing in a tournament, a great story that always used to come up in what was called the Blue Blazer when we were members at Blyfield, which is the member member, and it was the day, the second day of the tournament, which was complete, every you know, play at tee to green in the hole, you know, cumulative score. And, guys, there's a par 3 there, number 13, which is a great hole. Like you go across this cool bridge over the river it's like a 230-yard par three, and there's legendary stories about somebody being pretty far in the lead with his partner and taking a 21. Where is this at? Blyfield. Really? Number 13. And that's like a dribbler off the tee in there, because the water, I mean, I guess you could kind of pull it left, too, but um,
1: Yeah, but, I, if, but I was, if you're
0: playing TPC Sawgrass and you paid $800 to play it, I ain't I hitting 21 balls into the water, I can tell you that much.
1: No, no. Yeah, people probably just, those people, a lot of those people have so much money, they don't. True. If you got
0: really $800 care. to play golf, then you really got some care. money
1: to burn. All
0: right, so that was my question. Not really a sprint question, more of a fun trivia question.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, sprint question. This came up the other day with one of my coworkers, and I thought, we, we kind of talked about it, but I thought that we would kind of touch on it for the listeners. There's a there's a conspiracy theory out there that Jimmy Butler might be Michael Jordan's bastard child. You think it's true? His own children sucked at.
0: Yeah, well, that would make
1: sense if Butler was good at it.
0: I mean, a lot of there's a lot of guys that have good basketball player kids, and then you got Magic Johnson, you got a training kid. So I mean, yeah, (laughs) like and Dwayne uh, Wade. I mean, I. I guess I could. I think it's possible. Some of it's interesting. I mean, there is quite a bit to it that's
1: very. There's a lot of facts interesting. that
0: line up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll come out someday. Maybe yeah, that
1: that'd be insane. Um, I'm I'm indifferent, but I think it could be possible. Um, best donut place in Grand Rapids. We talked about this. A, we we're talking about this topic. Oh, yesterday that's a
0: good question. It. Well, you know, we used to have the donut conspiracy, which that was, was good, but good. they dried
1: up. They dried
0: up. You know, sometimes the fancy ones dry up. Uh, you know, I'm like, I, I like just a good glazed donut or a cinnamon, like the cinnamon glazed donut from Meyer, honestly. But it's hard because Robinette's has phenomenal chocolate cake donuts, and then cinnamon and sugar cake donuts, and then you got like Vans and Marge's, and uh, you know, a few other ones like
1: that. Um what's the what? one in Rockford that's good uh, Sprinkles? Yeah, they have good Yeah that's it. pretty good.
0: That's that's kind of a chain-ish, I guess. I
1: uh, I'm gonna go Robinettes. Yeah, that's what I said. I love Robinettes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Robinettes. Um Saw this on Golf Digest and what so what would what would you do? If we went up to the PAR three our house just hypothetical, or any par three, par number six on Boulder. You Hit a hole in one, and then I hit a hole in one. That happened in Florida. Two guys did that back to back shots. That's crazy. What would your reaction be to that? What like what would what would happen? Would you like tackle each other or <laughs> or what? I don't.
0: I, I mean, I feel like we yelled so, quite a bit when I had my hole in one. There would be like number, number six at Boulder Creek is about as far away from the clubhouse as you can get. They would be able to hear us in the clubhouse. I think um, so. I mean, it would be crazy. We would get to split the bar bill, so that's at least good. Yep. Um, I'd be all for it. Like, I've seen three in person, Eric, Tom, and that stranger dude that we played with at McIntosh. Oh, yeah, I forgot ago, about that. Um, and had one of my own. Yeah. It's 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 fun to see because it's just, especially for guys like us, you know, double-digit handicaps is so infrequent. Um, which, that's the number I should have brought out. Like, getting back to the handicap thing, there's a, in that article, is like, How often somebody that's a 20 handicap should break 80 is like every 1100 years or something like that. I mean, that would be so exceedingly rare. Yeah, there'd be something wild going on. There'd be, we'd buy out the beverage card or something. I I don't know, but something would go down.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michigan State question. Is Noah Kim for sure the guy in your mind going into 2023?
0: You know, I think he's probably the odds-on favorite because I think the risk that you take with a guy like Hauser, who is by all intents is very good and has made really good strides, is quarterback, unless you're just like a special, special talent, is a hard position to master and to be really good at right away. I mean, even like a Stroud waited his turn, um, you know, Ewers didn't pan out at, at Ohio State and had to wait his turn and then become the guy. Arch Manning's not going to be the guy right away at Texas. Like, I feel like you can do more damage starting a guy in most cases right away um, and putting all the pressure on him. And, and in limited time, we saw some good things from Kim. Really good arm, pretty mobile. I think it definitely means that you probably have a rotation of sorts. I think Kim's the guy, but I think Hauser's going to get a lot more snaps than he would have had it been Thorn and Hauser, uh, or Thorn and Kim. So I think that actually probably bodes better for the future if Hauser's the guy. And then you got the new guy coming in too. I can't remember his name. That'll be in uh, summer. You know, so he might get a little bit of in the mix earlier, which is probably good for him. So you know, I think. I think Kim can can be just as good as Thorne to be honest. And Michigan State's got some good yeah. running backs in we'll the cache. Yeah, they've got a little bit of but they have they have depth at wide receiver. Maybe some of it's not as as known as Coleman, but like I feel like wide receivers can kind of come out of nowhere. Plus you got a Mosley who's a possession guy. You got a Foster who's been around. I really like the Glover kid who He's know, comes good. from Florida. He Plus had a good play last junior, year.
1: You got um... yeah, like I don't I just i I'm Terrell not one who Henry buys minus
0: a a canine, I'm not one who buys that one guy makes or breaks a team. I just I just don't. Um and I just don't I think Thorne had hit his ceiling and I don't think Kim's ceiling is any uh lower than his was. No. So I think you at least do as well and maybe better because maybe Hauser gets a little bit of playing time sooner than he was going to.
1: I agree. I think I think Noah's the guy, um Give him the reins. Let him go. Um, It's his team. Let's go freaking try to get to a bowl game. Um,
0: And you know he's going to want to prove. He's going to have a chip like, hey, fine. You know, Thorne left because he thought I was going to compete for his job and he was too much of a pussy. Fine. I'm going to show him. Yep, you're right. You should have left.
1: Yep, I agree. Wholeheartedly. That's kind of how I look at it. That's 122 of these bad boys. Uh, Let us know if there's a bracket you want us to do, topic, any sprint questions you want us to answer, um, we'd be happy to do that. But we appreciate you guys listening. Um, thank you for your support. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. All right. It's May 1st.
0: In the meantime, as Larry David would say, possibly about this podcast, pte 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 good.